Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, The Electric Quilt Company, and Northcott. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I find people in the most interesting way. Sometimes I'll see something and it's sort of like going down the Alice in Wonderland, you know, rabbit hole. I go, go, go. And all of a sudden, poof, here is this fabulous person. And that's how I found Kelly Parker Smith of Hello World. I was looking at things and found her and she's a designer extraordinaire. She does all kinds of design work, including fabric. Kelly, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Pat, for having me. I'm really excited. You know, I sometimes I really do like, how did I find your things? They're just right? you have. I know it's like, where did you? Where did? Where have you been all my life, Kelly? You've been around. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you have a you have a graphics background. Um, did did you work? You know, you did you work in that part that business first before you had your own business? Well, no, I was a third grade teacher. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I taught third grade. For, yeah, I know. I taught third grade for 10 years, and I always drew as a kid, and I don't know. I started doing wedding invitations on the side, and it just kind of exploded from there and has shifted and grown into a whole other animal. I don't do wedding invitations anymore, but I am completely self-taught. I taught myself how to use Adobe Illustrator and fell in love with it, and now I call it my work life. Yeah. Wow. That That's amazing. You know, cause your style is very, I mean, it looks like you've had a lot of training. I don't know. Maybe I always assume everybody has to have training, but obviously not. This is, this is fabulous. Um, you know, yeah, your absolutely has, no training required, no training required to be fabulous. That's good to know. That's, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do a lot of engraving. That's one of your main, um, portions of your business, but you're multifaceted. What, types of things do you do? So I have an online shop, Hello World Paper Co. and Stamps, and we started with rubber stamps, and then we loved those so much that we got our own laser engraver, and now we do like laser cut wood items, like bookmarks and keychains and all kinds of stuff, signs and everything. And we also manufacture for other businesses, so we do laser engraving for other companies. Uh, On top of that, I also have a podcast creative biz rebellion where we talk all things artists and makers and shop owners and then i design fabric for sweet bees fabric company you know i just think this is incredible how it can all be woven together that you can have all these different things did you ever think you would be doing a laser business no never not one time (laughs) no No. (laughs) not even in my wildest craziest dreams i mean who I don't know. Maybe there are people out there that do that, but I never woke up as a kid and thought, I want to work with a laser. I mean, it sounds really right. cool, uh, <laughs> but I, I never, you know, I never woke up and thought that. It's just, I think that's the beauty of owning your own business, and that's why I love and I'm proud of the fact that I'm self-taught is because I let my business go where it wanted to go, and I let it evolve, and I just kind of rode the wave and literally flew by the seat of my pants, and it worked, and I'm having fun. So when you go to design something, um, what, mm-hmm. how do you approach it? You know, do you create mood boards? I mean, what do you do? I, I kind of do things backwards. Maybe that's the self-taught designer in me, but mm-hmm. I usually start with color. 
color really speaks to me. And so if I see like a really cool color palette or I, I'm really into retro colors. And so I'll go online and I just love looking at old postcards or, you know, old, um, even photography has some really cool like retro vibes and colors in it. Mm-hmm. And I will always pull color first. So I'll always have my color palette in mind first. And then I kind of let the color palette speak to what it wants to become. And I know that not a lot of people work like that. They usually start mm-hmm. with a mood board and pictures and, you know, um, reference points. But I always start with color. I, I usually have the color, all the colors first. And they might change later, but that's usually the base that I start with. And then the drawings just come to me. So, you know, that is a, that's a really fascinating way to work. Because, you know, I think as a quilt maker, sometimes we work like that for making a quilt because you find fabric sure. and it might be the colors that speak to us in the fabric. Then we're like, okay, what do we do with this? You know, we're, right. we, we bought all yep. this stuff. Um, how did you uh, merge or, you know, blend what you were doing with your uh, dyes and all of that and your stamps into fabric making? Well, when I was a kid, both my grandmothers were avid quilters. And so I just love, I, I love quilts. I love blankets. I'm kind of obsessed. I mean, I think I probably have at least 35 to 40 blankets or quilts in my house. And um, now my kids are also obsessed and they always want blankets for Christmas and whatever. <laughs> and so I just really in love with the coziness of it. And just seeing my you know, both my grandmothers, they would go to their little church, the little quilting club, and they just had so much fun with it. And I took a drawing class in 2016. I felt I needed a hobby, which is hilarious because I had oh. plenty, to go, <laughs> plenty to do. And yeah. um, so I felt I needed a, a little release or a creative hobby. And so mm-hmm. I took a little drawing class online. It was like 30 days of drawing. And I rekindled that love I had for drawing as a kid. Because when I was a kid, I would just fill sketchbooks sketchbooks but you know as a kid people tell you oh you can't make money as an artist you can't you know that's not a job and so you go pick Mm -hmm. something else and so that rekindled that for me and I just started sharing work online and I just set up an Instagram account and then um fabric company found me online and they were in some of the same circles the um, owner Deanne was in some of the same circles with me and she was like do you want to design fabric for me we're a new company but I really love your style and I would love design fabric and I was like oh my gosh the dream come true. Uh, and so I love playing with scale and color. And so quilting just fit right in. That is a perfect, perfect ex- example of how taking something like rekindling, right? Kelly rekindling yes. something that you loved before and then finding a whole new way to use it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what is your current fabric line called? So the one that just released to stores is called Brooklyn. Um, it was inspired by the 18-year-old me who wanted to live in New York and have, <laughs> you know, the third-floor apartment with the, you know, the fire escape balcony and all of that, mm-hmm. and I wanted to live there so badly. Um, but at 23 years old, I got pregnant with my first child, and so I did not move to New York. I stayed uh, closer home here in St. Louis by my mother so she could help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was kind of a nod to that girl who wanted to have all the plants on the fire escape and, you know, yelled at her neighbors from way up top because they were parked in her spot and whatever. And <laughs> so that's where that came from. And then my first collection was Windsor Garden because I've always wanted to travel to England. And so I'm just inspired by my dreams and my wishes and things that 
I like to live vicariously through and things that I might not be able to do right now, but I want to do either sometime in my life or a younger version of me wanted to do it. And my third collection is being released to stores this summer, and it's called Cold Snap, and it's very winter-themed. It's super cute. Ah, that sounds fabulous, too. You you were so kind to send me your pieces from your Brooklyn line, which are just so yummy. They, and I love Thank that you. purple in there, that purple and the mustardy sort of yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can That's see. That's like my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you get. You know, when you were saying you like the sort of retro feel, that mm-hmm. little bit of that comes through. It's like a dusty purple too. It's a very, very good purple. I'm a particular. Yeah, I, I feel like there's not enough purple in quilting fabrics, and and mm-hmm. I'm not the, you know, this crazy purple fan or anything. But mm-hmm. you know, I we latched onto that color, and it was just it just worked. And the, but the lime green and the purple, and it's just oh. I love it. Right, right. So when you have your fabric, are you, you know, you have a a lot of different parts of your business. Are you having time to make things up out of your fabric? Absolutely not, my friend. (laughs) There there is no time left. Um, I'm beginning to learn to sew. Uh, My mother is um, graciously trying to teach me. Uh, but yes, I am pressed for time, and and honestly, yeah. like I love to draw. I love to yeah. draw. I love to draw. I love to draw, and that's what I want to do. And I feel like that can be my contribution to the quilting world. And mm-hmm. so I ask a lot of um, you know quilting people online to to, to sew things for me. Um, they may create a new pattern with the fabric, or they may you know they may make me a quilt or whatever. And I I welcome anyone. <laughs> wants to contact me because I like having a very long list of people I can reach out to with different specialties. And it's actually really cool because then it, it forms a community mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy it. It also lets people see the fabric used in different styles other than your own personal mm-hmm. style. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So when you're, I, I want to go back to the, some of the other, you know, sort of design work that you do, because I just love, I think I found you with those, those like look like old hotel keychains. Um, yeah. You know, how often do you come out with new things for that part of your business? About twice a year. I try to do something, uh, a new collection in the springish time. So we're coming out with something later this month. I just had a, I do in-person markets too on the weekend sometimes. And so I had one yesterday where we, debuted some new things. We have some new magnets and new bookmarks and keychains. And, and so, uh, yeah, spring, and then we always have a fall slash holiday collection. So that comes out end of October, early November every year. Yeah, that keeps you busy then. That's a lot yeah, of... Uh-huh. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I so do everybody... sleep, Pat. I sleep, I promise. I, I go yeah. to bed at 9.30 every night. I cannot yeah. give up my precious sleep. So. I know. I'm the same way. People say, how do you do all that? I was like, I sleep. And then when I'm awake, I'm I doing sleep. this. So that's a. That's right. <laughs> Do you tell everybody again where to find you online? So you can find me online at helloworldpaperco.com. You can also find just my artwork if you just want to peruse some of my artwork at kellyparkersmith.com. And on Instagram, I'm at helloworldpaperco. Or again, the behind the scenes artwork stuff is at kellyparkersmith. And then I also have a podcast called Creative is Rebellion, where we talk about all things artists and makers and shop owners. Yeah. 
everybody visit Kelly. Uh, you will be inspired like I have been. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you, Pat, for having me. This was so fun. And look for Kelly's fabric. You're going to ask your local shop, your favorite shop, to pick it up for you because it is super darling. I cannot wait to cut into this. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Moda Fabrics started in 1975 as United Notions. Today, Moda Fabrics leads the way with innovative fabrics designed in-house and by many of the industry's most popular designers and creative talents. As for United Notions, it continues to distribute the very best notions, books, patterns, and supplies available. Moda Fabrics and Supplies is what you may hear them go by now, but they still have the same great products and customer service they've had for more than 40 years. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest in fabric and notion. Want to design your own quilts? Now you can with Electric Quilt 8 software. Design quilts, blocks, and import your favorite fabrics. Or use any of the thousands of designs in the library. Podcast listeners, take 20% off your purchase through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. You know, I think if you look around on your shelf, you probably have a design from Joanne Hillstad of the Fat Quarter Gypsy. You know, she's a fabulous designer. She does a lot of very fun, creative, almost 3D-ish looking uh, projects that I thought, you know, these are just the coolest thing ever. I just need to know more about them. And so I am so lucky. Joanne, you joined me. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. You know, you told me that you've been sewing and making since you were, you know, quite quite a little girl. Um, do you remember the first kind of things you made? I I do actually. The very first thing I ever made. It's a, one of those memories that has just stuck with me my whole life. Mm -hmm. I was five, and I can picture exactly where I was sitting in our house. Mm -hmm. And my mom sat me down and taught me how to make a pillow, a little red and white striped pillow, all by hand. Oh wow! And I was hooked. Holy cow, that is interesting. I thought you were going to say something else. I made like one of those Reader's Digest, um, you fold the pages to make a Christmas tree. That's the first one I made. <laughs> I, I made some of those myself too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, so did your mom sew a lot by hand? Well, not necessarily by hand, but she sewed clothes and she was always making something. She didn't quilt necessarily, but um, she would make dresses for my sister and I. We were always exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So so when you started, you know, making, you know, from the age of five, you know, that was, did she let you get on the sewing machine? 
I, you know, I don't actually remember when she actually let me power up a sewing machine. Um, but I know by the time I was 10, 11, 12, I had, I was using a sewing machine and, you know, I'm baking Barbie clothes. And when I was older, I did prom dresses and bridesmaids dresses and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you were doing real sewing, I call it when you're making clothing, prom dresses. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So how did you discover quilt making? Well, After I got married and I had two little boys, I quickly discovered that there really aren't that many projects out there for little boys. You know, I made them car suitcases, and I made overalls that matched every holiday. I I was just, there just wasn't, you can't make dresses for boys. You know, they don't want clothes. You can make little Mm t-shirts. And then one day, my mother-in-law said, I've got to show you what I made. And she pulled out this quilt, Mm -hmm. and I was just awestruck by it. And I said, well, I can do that. I can totally do that, right? Mm -hmm. So I was instantly hooked, and I loved it, but it took me a little while to actually perfect it. (laughs) I'm still working on that. (laughs) So how did did you go from that to opening up your business, Fat Quarter Gypsy, your design business? Well, for 22 years, I was a database analyst and programmer analyst in the corporate America, and... um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was a great job. I loved doing it. But I always loved sewing, and I used to go on these girls' weekends. And Mm -hmm. the girls would always um, encourage me to follow my passion to design quilts. So along the way, I had a little bump in my road, and I ended up with breast cancer when I was 37. Mm -hmm. That's 11 years ago now, or 12 years Mm -hmm. ago almost. Good. And it it changed my outlook on life. Mm -hmm. And so... Basically, I I adopted a new motto, life is too short not to have chickens, which I know that we can talk about that later. (laughs) But basically, what it means is do it. If you want to do it, just do it. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And so I woke up one morning on my birthday, and it was like someone hit me over the head, and I just knew I had to follow my dreams. And so I did. I I love that story. That is, uh, it's a feel-good story. You know, you did, you did. You did it. You've been very successful um, with your amazing work. One Thank one you. of the things I want to figure out, though, is like how did you start doing all these really creative projects that really aren't quilts in the sense that we usually think of quilts? Well, yeah, the quilts I started, you know, that's where I started was designing quilts. Mm-hmm. And are you referring to the pop-ups? Yeah, the pop-ups and your table runners with all the cutouts, you know, they're just sort of, they're very unique. Well, thank you. Um, well, you know, I really, ideas just come to me, and they're kind of almost the bane of my existence because I have so many ideas all the time, and I have to weed through them. Pop-ups happened as a fluke. It was a total fluke. I was at a creative arts business summit in Washington, D.C. with a bunch of other creative professionals, Mm -hmm. and we received a swag bag, and the swag bag had this little purple ready-made thread catcher in it with a spring in it, and um, when I looked at it, I was playing with it, and my husband, luckily, now, bends wire for a living, so he actually owns a business where he bends wire, so 
I received this pop-up, and I walked up to one of my friends. I was being a little bit sassy, and I was opening it and closing it. And I said, you know, my husband can make this. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, my husband bends wire. He can make springs. And it just happened that the person I was talking to was my buyer from one of the major quilting distributors. And she Mm -hmm. said, well, you need to have him do that. And you <laughs> just need, get on that. <laughs> right. You need to have him do that, and then you need to write a pattern, and we'll just sell the crud out of these things. And I said, well, I was really just teasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't being serious, but I went home, and I sat my husband down, and I said, well, uh-huh. I handed him the purple thread catcher, and I said, we need to figure out how to make these. Mm-hmm. And we did. <laughs> so the... The, there, there's a little bit more you told me to that. Like you figuring it out, you made this like a family project. Well, being that my husband has a family business, the wire forming, his father um, started the business and now my husband owns it and our, our youngest son is actually now learning the trade. Um, my father-in-law just happened to be waiting for opening fishing to start and he was available. And so he came up and helped us and spent three weeks straight building a machine that would make the springs exactly how we needed the springs to be made. And so it's really a family affair. Um, All of the springs are made right here by my husband and his employees in Minnesota. And so everything's made in Minnesota, which is kind of fun. And so it's it's kind of a, it was kind of weird how it all happened. Yeah. I mean, did you ever think, this I always like to ask this, did you ever think that you would be like manufacturing products? Never. Like that. Yeah. (laughs) Never. No, it didn't even go that far. I was strictly stuck on quilts. Mm-hmm. But once pop-ups took off, then it it kind of opened me up to thinking a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And that's how after pop-ups, you know, there are all these different kinds of pop-ups, the Easter baskets and the pet food dishes and animal pop-ups and windsock pop-ups. And so everything changed. I, I became, I went down a completely different avenue and I really basically stopped designing quilts Mm -hmm. for quite a while. So do you, do you still like, does your brain still like see things and go 3d, like three dimensional with them? It does. And you know, and speaking of the way you see things, I'll be walking through a store and I'll come across a thing and I'm always, and I'll stop and analyze it. And and I'm always thinking, Mm -hmm. how can we incorporate wire into this? You know, when you're married to someone who bends wire, That's how you think. Right. So it's, it, it, it's been it changed fun. everything. It really did. It really changed the whole trajectory of my business and my brand. Mm-hmm. It went completely away from quilts, basically, and onto dimensional things. And so, you know, one of our newer items is a wireframe tote, and that has a wireframe at the top. And as a proud mother moment, my 19 year old actually built that machine that produces the frames. Wow. that then go into those bags. And so it's it really is a full circle family affair here on this. So when somebody buys a pattern, let's say for like that one for your, your wireframe tote, does the pattern actually have the metal in it? Well, for some of my patterns, if they have multiple sizes, you'll buy the pattern separately and then you can choose which size frame. The wireframe tote pattern has three different sizes. And so you can choose which size and buy that separately. Oh, okay. All right. So it's... Just, you know, I was just wondering, like, how does that look as a pattern hanging on the wall, you know, that's a, 
a big wire thing in it. So how did your lacy sort of table runners come about? Is that just another like aha moment? Well, I was actually shopping and I came across this uh, leaf lacy kind of, it had cutouts, uh, mm-hmm. placemat. Mm-hmm. And it was made out of just some polyester and it had some stitching on it. And it really, it was kind of muted colors for fall and it wasn't really pretty. It was in clearance and I paid 29 cents for it. I said, <laughs> I, this is interesting. Yeah. This leaf thing is interesting. So I mm-hmm. took it home and I stared at it and I looked at it. And it dawned on me that, you know, you could do something really cool. And it took me a long time to figure out what to put these leaves on so that you could then cut away. And finally one day I thought up felt. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it happened. I just got some leaf shapes and cut them out and put them on felt and stitched them down. And then I started cutting them away. And that's where the Lacey Runners came from. It's Uh been a lot of fun. Yeah, they are very interesting. I think that they are very, very fun. Um, so I didn't realize they were felt. So that's nice. So they have a little bit of weight to them. Right. And it makes it really easy to cut away. Mm-hmm. If you use the serrated scissors, mm-hmm. you can, uh, after you stitch, what you do is you actually take your piece of felt and you stitch all of your shapes onto it. And when you're all done stitching, then you actually go back with your serrated scissors and cut away all the extra felt. And that's how you get that nice, even look all the way around the shape. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, I don't want to miss getting a chicken. We only have about two minutes. So tell me tell me what the chickens are. Is this your hobby? I love chickens. So <laughs> I've wanted chickens for a long time. My sister has, she's a bad influence on me. She had chickens. And oh. so I wanted chickens badly, and my husband did not want chickens. But one <laughs> weekend he went away, and oh. I brought home chickens. Yes. And that's how they came to be. Oh. So you also have an actual caravan, uh, a camper, like your logo. Yes. I have a 1974 Airstream Argosy. It's a uh, one of the painted uh, Airstream. There was a line for about 11 years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I, when I got her, she was a real mess. Her name is Shirley. I completely gutted the interior and redid the mechanical systems and put in all new flooring and painted it. I added a chandelier and a fake tin ceiling and painted her to look like my logo in the red and teal. Oh, I just think that is amazing. You don't travel in it, though. Well, because I'm kind of chicken. I'm a little bit chicken to tow her, but yeah. I'm trying to be brave. But I have taken her, and I, I leave it at my parents' house. Uh, mm-hmm. They live about two hours from me, and I use it as kind of a cabin, a weekend cabin, and I go up there. And it's a lot of fun. Right now I'm actually at the point of adding curtains and cushions and quilts, of course. She needs lots of quilts. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. She does. Well, Joanne, this has been just so much fun to hear how everything got started for you. Thank you. And I want to tell everybody to visit Joanne at the Fat Quarter Gypsy, and you can see all these amazing projects and follow along with what she does at her blog. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you so much. want to learn something new, solve a sewing problem, or simply be inspired to start a new project, 
Moda Fabrics is here to help, and it won't cost you a thing. Visit modafabrics.com for free patterns, computer wallpapers, sewing tips and reference guides, and fun sewing printables. You can even find coordinating Modabella solids, Orfill threads, and hex values to any image uploaded with the new Palette Builder tool. Visit modafabrics.com and click on Free and Fun to find all this and more. And for free and fun right in your social feed, follow Moda Fabrics on Instagram. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. Uh, if you have been out on YouTube, I'm sure that you have searched something and come up with Kim Jamison Hurst's uh, YouTube videos from Chatterbox Quilts. She has a lot of them. They're amazing. She's a great instructor. And I am thrilled, 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 Kim, that you could join me. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Pat. I do appreciate it. No, I think the first time I saw one of your videos really was I was searching. I don't even know what it was for, Kim, but I was searching for something, and yours was um, the one that I used, whatever that was. And I, so I've been following your things. And you've even done reviews of my books. Um, you know, it's you. How long have you been doing videos? I think I've been doing them about nine years, I guess, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So how did you decide that you wanted to create this sort of teaching environment for quilt making? Well, I think I've, I've always liked to share ideas and knowledge with, with other people, and it just kind of seemed a natural fit uh, to do that. And really, I started with blogging because YouTube wasn't around in, in, mm -hmm. in the day, and I still blog too. Mm -hmm. But then when YouTube came around, that just seemed like a really natural environment to start putting out information to share with other people. Mm -hmm. Did you have any sort of video training, or had you been on camera prior? Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I have no training. It's all uh, self-taught, I guess, if you will, um, and always mm -hmm. trying to improve, of course. But mostly, I'm interested in getting the information across to people. And if I can look good on camera at the same time, that's just a bonus, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know it's a it's a lot of work, isn't it, Kim? Do you, mm -hmm. you have like a set up a set up place, a permanent place for doing yours? Um, I don't actually. We we film it in my studio, and actually, my husband is my uh, videographer, my producer, and uh, my director. And I tell him it's it's the only time he can tell me what to do. <laughs> 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 but uh, we do it in our studio, so there's a lot of moving around that that goes on in the studio to accommodate the filming, actually. Yeah, that's so I think a lot of us are in that, but, you know, like there actually is like in the bedroom for some people, you know, but they have like, you know, in the corner, you know, mine, I'm, I've got like a fireplace behind me. I have to cover up, you know, it's that stuff yeah. nobody really sees. Yeah. So, so exactly. what came first for you? Were you teaching, you know, um, blogging, doing patterns? You know, how did you sort of launch into this? Well, um, I started quilting. I didn't learn quilting from when I was young. I started through some friends' encouragement. And um, probably within the first couple of years, I started developing my own patterns because I never like to, you know, follow what everybody else tells me to do. So I kind of do my own thing. <laughs> so I started doing patterns. And I think the teaching, I was doing some local teaching at the time too. Mm -hmm. That was kind of came at the same time. Then, as I say, I went into blogging and eventually into YouTube and um, doing online courses and quilt alongs uh, too. And then that finally led me to the membership I have now called The Quilter's Way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always love to hear like there's all these different components everybody has. And we all, we -hmm. all start with uh, a lot of people anyway, start with, well, I needed to design something because I didn't see anything I wanted out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So are you still designing original patterns? I, I don't really anymore. Um, I'm finding I'm enjoying more the connection with other quilters online as far as doing live videos. I live stream on my um, Facebook, my private Facebook uh, group that I have. And, of course, I'm always in the quilter's way. So I like that connection um, with other quilters. So I, I will do some little projects in that, which I share in the quilter's way, but I'm not really developing patterns to sell outside. Right, right. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like you can't do it all, can you? No, no, it's hard to do it. I try and do as much as I can, yeah. <laughs> but some things have to give. <laughs> right, right. So how did the name Chatterbox come about? Well, Chatterbox Quilts is a kind of an interesting one because, um, you know, I was trying to come up with a name for my business several years ago, of course, when I was designing patterns, and my son was the one who came up with it because you know, he said, you know, Mom, you're such a chatterbox. <laughs> and so I went, bingo, chatterbox quilts. And I, I tried that out and saw my quilting friends and they went, oh, perfect. So, yeah. so you. So it, it just stuck. And it's, it's one that people seem to remember, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is very catchy. It works. It works yeah. really well. Um, so t- mm-hmm. tell me what is one of your most, you, do you know, like what is one of your most viewed videos? Well, actually, it's interesting. Um, recently, within the last couple of weeks, actually, there's there's a couple of my guests. But one of the recent ones I did was how to put um, facing, use facing instead of binding on your quilt. And that's been really popular. So many people weren't aware of that technique at all. And mm-hmm. so I've been getting all kinds of comments on that and lots and lots of views. I don't know. I think at last time I saw it was like 60,000 views in just the last couple of weeks. So that's been really popular with people. And I think anything that is, you know, a different method or something that saves a bit of time is very popular with people. Well, would you describe what that means for those who've never heard of it? Sure. It's, um, it's, it's like binding strips that you put on your quilt, but instead of having to go all the way around your quilt and miter your corners and everything, you're just doing strips on each side of your quilt. And then there's actually little triangles is really what they are that that go over to hold the edges of the facing as they come up to the corners and you can use those little triangles as um hanging strips as well so you can put like a dowel or a you know a curtain rod or something in so you've got the hanging it's not a sleeve but little hanging corners i guess um are already in there when you do the technique so i've I've not tried that you know there's there's so many yeah there's so many things did you did you see that Mm -hmm. done somewhere or had you just did you think it up? Well, no, I saw it um, a few places. Actually, some that I belong to, one of the guilds I belong to is Long Arm Group, and so I had seen them do it. This was something new that they had they had seen online, I think, and so they yeah. they were showing how they did it. And um, so I, I had seen some other information online as well, and I, I can't tell you the culture. I can't quite remember the name, but somebody I'm sure you'd recognize it, just can't think of it off the top of my head, who had done a yeah. blog on it a few years ago, but no one had done a video. So I yeah. thought, well, a video is, you know, is really good, and I can do that. So it, I like to do things step by step to show people. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I like about yeah. your videos. They're they're really nice. Um, you know, you really can follow it easily. You do a lot of great camera work. Uh, mm, so thank you. What you know? What is your? You have clubs. So tell me a little bit about mm. what you do in them. Right. So I have a, a membership. It's called the Quilters Way. 
and we just started it in September, but it's going really well. Um, you'll be enjoying it. So what it is, it's really the only online quilting membership that combines a, a really active community, a true community area in it, and a learning area as well. So we have videos, we have full courses, we have mini trainings, they have little tips and techniques, we have downloads for people. So that's all on the learning side. And I think what the most value is in it is really the community side because that's where members get to talk with one another. So it's a safe area. It's a private area. It's not on Facebook or anything like that. It's a completely separate private area where we can get to know one another and we can share ideas and tips. And if people have questions, they can get them answered in that community area for sure. And Mm -hmm. we do live streams every other week there where I can actually see the members and everything. We're doing Zoom meetings. So I can see the members. They can see each other. And it's really great. As a matter of fact, we had one on Friday. It went on for over two and a half hours. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of great information to share, but we have to start coming back a little bit. (laughs) Right, right. But it's, um, (laughs) we have to have a timeline. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because I have people in Europe, and like one of them said, I was up till one o'clock in the morning. I'm going, yeah, I imagine you were. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But the, the nice thing. Yeah, the thing is, in, in the membership, we have, while we provide information, I say we, I'm talking to my husband and I, provide information mm-hmm. in there, it's really member-driven. So if they say, you know, I would like to see a course on, you know, we have one on Fusible Web Applicate, for example. If they say, I want to see a course on Fusible Web Applicate, we will come up with one for them if there's enough interest. So um, we look to our members to produce, to advise us, I should say, on the content we should be producing. Yeah. Yeah, so you tailor it. So you're tailoring it to what your community mm-hmm. is interested in, and you and because exactly. you're nimble, you can do you can switch. You know, like if you had a plan, yeah. but people are all of a sudden really interested in something else, you could just do that first. So yeah, that's yeah, we do actually. Yeah, um, yeah. And for example, uh, there's a lot of machine embroiderers in the group. They wanted a separate little group within the community for machine embroiderers, so we set that up for them. And one of my members is moderating it for us. So, so uh, that's great. So yeah. That is really nice. Now, they find all that from your chatterboxquilts.com website. They can, or actually, if they go, there is a, uh, an area where they can find out more about the Quilter's Way. It's just thequiltersway.com. Okay. And they can go there and find all kinds of information about it, yes. So let's switch gears now and tell me sure. about the quilt that you sent me, the One World Quilt. Yes, that is actually, it, that's not my pattern. I want to be clear about that from mm-hmm. the start. It's actually a quilt salon that I co-hosted with Keith Phillips. He has um, a company called Quilt Fusion. He actually has an app called Quilt Fusion to design quilts. And that was his design. And we collaborated in a quilt salon, an online quilt salon, a couple of years ago. And so um, there were videos every week. We had, or every month, I should say, we had a new video to address part of that particular quilt. So it's all fusible web applique. So we did that online. We've done a couple of them together. And so that was just, it was, we called it One World because it encompasses the whole world and everything. But it was really popular and it's an amazing design. So that's what that is that you see there. It's called the One World. Yeah. Yeah. That is, you know, describe the quilt. Well, the quilt is in different blocks. There's, I think, four uh, vertical blocks. And two horizontal blocks, but in each block it represents a different part of the world. So we have like North America, we have South America, we have Australia, and they're all different little animals in it. And then the whole thing, when you put it all together, it's actually, I don't know if you want to call it the background exactly, but it's like the globe. So you have part of the globe in each block, but when you put it all together, it's like the world is there with all the different countries, the little animals that represent those different countries. So it was, it was lots of fun. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So people can yes. still find out about this? They can. We're not really running it anymore like we, right. we ran at the time and, you know, with a Facebook group and everything. But, again, if they go to um, chatterboxquilts.com, they'll find information on it too. Okay, yeah. So it is yeah. worth uh, going in and just seeing the quilt. It is spectacular. And Isn't it beautiful? Uh, so fun yeah. that you got to sort of do the um, the sew-along part of it. That makes it mm – -hmm. Because you know, you're probably very, you know, I'm sure that you gave them a lot of details at the time. We, so. we did, and we tried to have uh, different little tips or embellishments, information mm -hmm. for each different block. So rather than just making that particular block, we gave them some extra information on a way they could tweak it a little bit and make it more personal, a little more interesting for themselves. So we have about two minutes. Um, do you okay. have a favorite uh, tip that you like to share with people? Well, um, I do, and actually the one thing I wanted to, I just wanted to mention too, I don't want to mm -hmm. run out of time and not mention this, is mm -hmm. a couple things. First off, um, I always say that quilting is more than a quarter-inch theme, mm -hmm. so it's a mm -hmm. connection with other quilters, and that's what the quilter's way is all about, is that sharing and connection with other quilters, and in the quilter's way this year, some of us are doing a pledge to resist impulse buying, in my case, to resist buying fabric I don't really need, because <laughs> I have more <laughs> than I'll ever use, and so... If some of your listeners may have a similar issue where they can't resist buying certain things, mm -hmm. um, I have created a download for them, which is to help them avoid impulse buys. Mm -hmm. And so they can find that if they go to www.chatterboxquilts.com forward slash pat, and they can mm -hmm. get that. Ah, that's good. I'm going to yeah. put that on my yeah. Um, my page too so that people sure. can go right to the link and get your your download uh, yeah i think do, that'll do be helpful do you have a newsletter sign up there too uh we do actually if they go to um chatterbox quilts again they will they will find that there as well chatterboxquilts.com perfect we perfect do. perfect Kim, this yeah. has been so much fun to get uh, sort of a peek into all the things that you do. Your community sounds amazing. Um, Thank you. You know, that's that's really quite an accomplishment to have such a, an active group. Thank you for joining mm -hmm. me. Thank you for having me on, Pat. I really enjoyed it. So be sure you go out and download, and I'll put the link. It's at thechatterboxquilts.com slash Pat, so you can mm -hmm. find it, and we will – be back after the break. Start at the beginning. Design your next quilt like the pros. Quilt designers Nancy Mahoney and Alice Blythe both use Electric Quilt 8 software to design their gorgeous quilts, and you can too. Get EQ8 and start designing just minutes after you purchase. Podcast listeners, take 20% off through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. I am thrilled that I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was looking at something. You all know I do that. And I saw Michelle May of the Raspberry Rabbit. I saw some work she was doing. I thought, oh, I have not, I have not chatted with Michelle for a while. And I just need to have her come back on and catch up with all things Raspberry Rabbit. So hi, Michelle. I am, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled you could do this. I'm so happy to be here, Pat. Thanks for inviting me back. You know, you're an author, you're a, an amazing designer, you're a teacher, and I was scrolling your things, and I saw these little itty-bitty hexies with you. Yes. In, you're in stitching on them. Um, what is this project? Well, this was something, um, you know, as, as a designer and teacher, you know, we get kind of caught up in, oh, I got to make this, I got to do this, and what will my students like, or what will be the next thing to do? And, you know, sometimes you, your creativity kind of goes into like a little slump, if you will. Well, um, last year I turned 50, March 27th. I celebrated my 50th birthday. And I decided that I wanted to do a little project that was just for me, something that um, that I would do and to celebrate my 50th year and the whole journey of this year. And so I decided that, you know, hexes are fun. They go together really quick. And I love to do hand stitching of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, what if I just, Stitch, like journaling through embroidery and every day I could think about the day before and what mm-hmm. stood out to me the most and then reflect on that and and take that image and that thought and turn it into um, an embroidery and so I started doing that and I'll be finishing up with my project this um, March 27th and I have not missed a single day and it's been really fun and I call it within an inch of my life because oh. those are one inch hexes and I'm stitching within that. You know, I just think the name is just incredible within an inch of my life. It's like, it sounds dramatic, but fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I love like puns and play on words. I'm always, you know, stuff like that makes me laugh and it's like, Oh, that's just so funny. It's, you know, within an inch of my life, but it's just this little thing that's within an inch. <laughs> So those are small hexes. Um, you know, tell me how you decided what how you decided what you would embroider on that little tiny space to document your day. You know, I um, I'm a really um, kind of through this whole journey. I've I've you know realized that I'm a very simple person. It doesn't take a lot to make me happy. Um, I'm a very observant person that, you know, like even friends or things in nature, I'm very, I guess as an artist, you know, artists are like that. We notice things. Mm-hmm. And so I usually just, I sit there and, and think about every single day. So like I just stitched my inch for today and it was for yesterday. So I always document it as yesterday's inch. And so yesterday was the the time change, you know, so I stitched Uh spring and then I did an arrow for spring forward. And then it's about how much I really can't stand when they change the time. You know, it's like, (laughs) can't they just leave it alone? (laughs) (laughs) And so each time, you know, it's like, 
through this through this journey, I mean, I've had, um, you know, I met different people along the way. You know, I teach all over the country, so there's some inches on there about teaching. There's, you know, times that I've spent with friends on there. There's different flowers and nature or things that I've noticed on my walks in the morning. So it's it really is just whatever stood out to me the day before. Now the what you're stitching them on wool. Yes. Mhm. I love to work with wool. Um what I do is uh reverse wool applique. So wool is kind of always around me. And but I have some people, I have a little club there on Facebook and some um couple of the people are stitching on linen. Um this journey kind of um people saw me documenting, you know, it's an easy way to hold yourself accountable if you put it on, you know, a place <laughs> where you everybody. can share. So, yeah. yeah, so I've been documenting every day on Facebook and my Instagram. And so a lot of people saw this and they were inspired to do it as well. So I have a bunch of people that um, they bought some hexes, pre-cut hexes from me and other people are just doing it on some linen or some cotton, but it's really fun seeing their creations come alive too. Are they keeping up as well as you have? Um, I think so. I have about like 305 people in my little group there. Um, not everybody posts their pictures all the time, um, but the people that do are are keeping up great. And I told them, too, I put some videos up at first that, you know, you don't have to do this every day. That was a personal thing that I did that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. that you could, you know, just celebrate something in your life that is meaningful to you. Like one lady, she's retired. Um, she just retired, and she wanted to stitch something about that. Another lady um, has been married, celebrating her 50-year um, wedding anniversary, and she wanted to stitch out things that are memorable about her marriage over the past 50 years. I think that's wonderful, you know, a new grandbaby or a trip somewhere. And so it doesn't have to be something you do every day. It could be these little projects that you do or these little things you put together um, I gave some ideas like, oh, you could just make a flower and, you know, kind of a bloom where you're planted thing, you know, and mm-hmm. stitch something and put it in a flower pot kind of design. So it's been fun seeing seeing what people come up with. You know, now that you're closing in on it for the year, um, mm-hmm. is there, you, you said that you, you realized that you were maybe more observant and you didn't need to put like so much detail into each one. Is there something that surprised you about yourself doing this for a full year? Um, I, I always knew I loved hand stitching and how meditative it was, but mm-hmm. I think it really just kind of reinforced that, that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that it's okay to, it's okay to just take time and breathe and stitch and enjoy the day that it doesn't have to be 24-7 of go, 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 go. And it's okay mm-hmm. to just stop and take, you know, even just 10 minutes for yourself every day. And it kind of reminded me of that, that, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're allowed to have a little personal journey and have fun along the way. Yeah, that, that's, I love that. That's uh, so true. I mean, it's so true. We forget. We forget to slow down a little bit and uh, do something Maybe it was like more meditative, maybe, 
You know. Yeah. Yeah, just unplug, unplug from right. the world for just a little bit and, and allow yourself, you know, that time, that time for yourself. Because we are important. And it's like if you, I found that, you know, if you just don't take any time for yourself and you're always going and doing that, you know, you get worn out. And I feel like if you can take a little bit of time and do something for yourself that you can give more to other people because you've rested and you've, you've, you know, you've taken care of you. Yeah. It's, yeah, you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. It's like. That's right. Yeah. So what will you do with the piece? Well, um, I'll probably carry it around with me for a while um, to mm-hmm. my classes and stuff to show everybody because yeah, it's been kind of it. fun showing everybody that. Yeah, yeah. And then I may frame it and hang it in my office or I may just lay it out in my studio on my table because there's a lot of them that, you know, even when I go back and look at them now, it's like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. really cool. Or, you know, I had I stitched one um when I lost, um, I, I taught for East Cobb Quilters in Georgia, and um, one of my longtime customers and friends, I never met her in person, but um, I was excited to go and teach at their guild because I was going to meet Karen, and um, I actually didn't get to. She passed away from cancer the day of my class. Oh. And so I stitched an inch for that day that, mm-hmm. you know, it was just this sad thing that here was this person who followed me all these years. And the day that I was there to teach the class, she mm-hmm. she passed away. So, so, you know, I look back at those things and I remember, you know, different things that happened throughout the year. So I may leave it out for a while if I don't end up framing it. Yeah, it's on beautiful. Is it like sort of cream colored wool? Yes, I and I chose to do um, all greens. Green is my favorite color, oh. and um, and then I I always like simple stuff. So I just wanted it to all be different shades of Valdani greens and on um, the cream wool. It's stunning. It's just stunning. Um, you know, can I switch gears just a second so that I get this sure. in? Uh, you know, you're you. I was reading through some of your, you know, articles you've written on your blog, and you know, one of the things. I mean, your studio space is so gorgeous. It's very tidy, and I realized, you know, you've written about how you like to work very, you know, kind of very sort of um, tidy space. How do you keep it that way? It's funny because. Um... I worked in um, custom home building for a long time as the project manager and interior decorator. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because I always feel like my quilting job and what I did as a decorator is always in conflict. And so I cannot think or design anything in a space that's full of clutter. It's like I have to have it look like a magazine page. <laughs> it's like it has to look like, oh, this could be photographed or whatever. It's like I just yeah. function better in a beautiful, tidy space. Mm-hmm. It's just how I am. And I have other friends who um, design, and they're like, I can't design anything unless I can see all my stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. to me, it's mm-hmm. like too much clutter. So I just keep it. It's like I work on something. I might have a couple things out, 
But even when I worked in corporate world, it was like I had to have my desk cleaned off at the end of the day before I could come back. And, you know, and I'm the same. Like, I get out of the bed in the morning. I have to make the bed. I can't mm-hmm. get back in bed if I can't if it's not made, you know. Right. So it's just one of those, like, quirky things. <laughs> you know, do you still have um, bunnies since you're the raspberry I- rabbit? Yes, I do. In fact, I adopted another one. Um, his name is Henry the Eighth because he is my eighth rescue rabbit um, as Aww. an adult. And I got him in December, and he is a little stinker. He's so funny. Um, he actually, I was away teaching, and um, he did a jailbreak out of his oh. playpen slash condo, <laughs> and he got out, and then he, like, jumped in this basket where I keep his hay, and he had a little snack, and then he jumped behind my file cabinet and chewed on the modem cord, and oh, then he goodness. went on a hop about all around the house, and he ended up hopping up the stairs into my studio. And when my when David, my husband, got home from work, he came upstairs to say hi to my cat, by the way, who is mm-hmm. definitely afraid of the bunnies. Mm-hmm. And he came upstairs, and I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld and how Kramer would, like, bust into Jerry's apartment mm-hmm. with that crazy yep. look on his face. Well, that's how Henry is. So Henry, like, came out from underneath my sewing table, kind of like Kramer, and scared the ever-living daylights out of my husband, which I wish I would have had a bunny cam because I would be rich today because I know David screams like, "Ah," you know, (laughs) over this little tiny rabbit. Well, Michelle, this has been so much fun. Everybody can visit Michelle at theraspberryrabbits.blogspot.com. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.